Mandy, you made this? What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, BJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's good? Yo, yo. Shameless plug. Follow us on social media at the Dot Dagger Podcast to interact with us. Keep up to date with everything we got going on. Boys, a lot happening in the NBA this week. Holy shit. Kyrie Irving, the newest Dallas Maverick. Luca gets his help. Dion, thrilled. How are the rest of us feeling about that trade? What do we think about the trade demand to begin with? Kind of came out of the blue. Talk about Kyrie to the Mavericks today. Kevin Durant, rumored to be on the market. Maybe making a stop in Boston. Do the Celtics pull the trigger? Talk about that today as well. All-Star Reserves announced. Safe to say, we have some thoughts on the All-Star Reserves. Um, We'll talk about who got snubbed. And as promised, we'll play GM this week. Talk about the trade deadline here in a few days. Talk about what trades we would like to see and what teams we expect to see buying and selling but first y'all already know how it works we got some awards to give out hooper of the week good hustle award Dion, take it away with your hooper of the week all right so i have two hoopers of the week this week we're gonna they're both from the east coast and they're both basketball related uh first Giannis antitacumpo i know we gave him one last week but he deserved one this week as well for keeping it going. Last seven games. Seven games. Seven dubs. Seven double-doubles. Including one triple-double in one of those. 39.4 points a game. Shooting 60% from the field. 15 rebounds a game. Five assists a game. This man literally morphed midseason and reclaimed his throne of best player in the league. He's been playing out of this out of this world, and I don't know how it's possible that he keeps coming out every night and putting up these numbers, but he's doing it, and it's a pleasure to watch. Number two, Hooper of the Week, Cameron Thomas, going crazy after the trade request from Kyrie. First game without Kyrie, my man dropped 44-5-5. Five and five. Coming off the bench in less than 30 minutes while shooting 70%. I said 70%. That's insane. I said it on draft night. He was going to be special. He's proving it right now. And he's doing it again tonight. 22 points at half against the fully healthy Clippers. And keeping the Nets in the game. So, Hooper of the Week, Cam Thomas. Bro, he absolutely torched the Wizards. Forged. Forged the Wizards. Okay. There was no stopping him. No stopping him. Yeah, I had to like do a double take of like, I thought Kyrie <laughs> never left the way he was splashing. <laughs> Absolutely Bats. insane. They were down 20 at one point during that game. They were I down was... 25 at one point. Yeah. But... Crazy. And Cam hit the gas. Love to see mm-hmm. it. 
VJ, Hooper of the Week. Hit me with it. Uh, two Hoopers of the Week here as well. Starting off with Julius Randle uh, making the All-Star game or All-Star team this year after a down year. Uh, it was a rough year for him last year. He had an attitude. He just wasn't playing very well. He was letting the media get to him, letting the fans get to him, just pouting, not having fun. And then this year, he just got back to putting in the work, got back to grinding. And um, I think he's having a better statistical year than he did when he won most improved. But he's a big part of the reason the Knicks are kind of relevant again, along with the acquisition of Jalen Brunson. But Julius Randle kind of just bouncing back after having a down year is good to see. Um, Because my man is a legit, like, he's a load to deal with. And when he's playing the right way and his head is all right, he's hard to stop. So Julius Randle, way to just get back to hooping, man. It's it's good when New York basketball is somewhat relevant. Absolutely. I mean, well-deserved all-star, 25 and 10 a game. It seems to me that those are, like, low – Compared to what I'm actually seeing, because it seems like right, he's dropping like, thirty a night, twenty eight and twelve, like thirty. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on there, but he, he and J, JB are Jalen Brunson are the main reason why the Knicks are the, who they are right now, and because RJ Barrett is nowhere to be found, and Julius Randle stepped up, and he's back to his glory days. Um, second good Hooper. Uh, this guy's having a down year, just average. Uh, I mean, when I say average, I mean 30 a game, kind of a, a, a scrub most nights. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Dane Lillard. I don't know if we people have heard of the guy out there in Portland. I'm sure their games are never ever on TV, but I don't think anybody had a better January than Dane Lillard. Um, putting up 35 a game, he had a 60 piece in there. Maybe a 50-piece as well, but mm-hmm. it's a shame that Portland is a smaller market out there in the north uh, northwest area, so no one really pays attention. But <laughs> Dame is quietly putting together another season, and we're all kind of just – it's a shame it's going to waste, but he's doing all he can. So, Dame, keep it up, bro. Just get out of there. Just one time. Just say no. Just leave <laughs> one time. No, like, it's crazy because, like, tonight – their game is on TV and they playing the Bucks, so it's going. Yeah, unfortunately, is the two the two best players currently the, the players that are playing the best right now going head to head tonight? So it's going to be blockbuster game. Good pick, both of them. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have two hoopers of the week. Number one, I mean, we could give it to him every week. Nikola Jokic, um, currently averaging a triple double. Center, by the way, not like borderline set. True center plays center, averaging a triple double, twenty five points, eleven boards, ten assists, and not only is he averaging a triple double, he is currently leading the NBA in total assists. A center is leading the NBA in total assists. Let that sink in for a second. Like we are definitely bored of Nikola Jokic's greatness. Like, but what he is doing is astounding when you stop and think about it. Like, it doesn't sound that weird just because Nikola Jokic has been around for a minute. But like everyone was freaking out when Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double in a season, and deservedly so. And now a center is doing it. Absolutely insane. So Nikola Jokic, 
Hooper of the week, I think has to be MVP at this point. As much as I hate to admit it, but Jokic, what 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 can you say about him? Yeah, night in and night out, he's always there. Yeah, yeah. I'd be looking at the box score and I see twenty eight. 15 and 16 and i'm like bro what are those stats mm-hmm. that's minutes and points and rebounds or what, what are we doing <laughs> yeah like dude doesn't even care about scoring is still and is still just messing around and getting 25 a game like he could care less oh, absolutely. he literally looks bored out there it's insane and they're mm-hmm. undefeated when he gets a triple double too so it's not like he just getting mm-hmm. stats like it's actually mm-hmm. meaningful mm-hmm. absolutely 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 Second Hooper of the week, Donovan Mitchell, Spida. Oh. To quote the great philosopher of our time, the more you fuck around, the yep. more you're going to find out. <laughs> Dylan Brooks, he fucked around this week and he found out. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. First of all, forget everything I've said about Pat Bev. Forget everything I've said about Draymond. Dylan Brooks has shot. To the absolute <laughs> bottom of my ladder of NBA players in the likability scale. This guy fucking sucks. <laughs> this guy yep. is the biggest bozo of all time. Okay. <laughs> I can't name a single thing he's good at. He's like a dirty ass player. He's not even like tough or gritty. He's just an asshole. Like literally goes to the basket against the Cavaliers. Like, I guess he was frustrated because he thought he got fouled or something. So while he's lying on the ground, misses the layup and just decides to take, you know, since he's down there and Donovan Mitchell is right there, just decides to hit him in the nuts. Why not? And roll on his ankle first. And roll on his ankle and then hit him in the nuts. Why not? And Donovan Mitchell was having none of it. First threw the ball at him, then got up. (laughs) Dylan Brooks got in his face like, what are you going to do? And Donovan Mitchell threw his ass to the ground. Like, get out of here, little boy. That's a fake ID. Get out of here. <laughs> and Dylan Brooks, he kind of got punked, bro. Like, you're not tough. You are not him. You don't do anything particularly well on the basketball floor. You're an absolute bozo, a clown. And ever since Uncle Shay Shay, as VJ likes to say, said, you don't want these problems. Definitely. Your whole team has been made an absolute laughing stock. So Dylan Brooks, get the fuck all the way out of here. Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, thank you. I only wish the fight could have gone for three whole rounds. Instead, oh. of course, people had to break it up. But like like yeah. the philosopher said, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. Yeah. That slope point, that what a y-axis and an x-axis meet yep. right there. Mm-hmm. You yep. find out. <laughs> um, if this wasn't a podcast, I would draw it for you. <laughs> the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. And Dylan Brooks is finding out from all kinds of people. Okay. Yeah. I could, I, nothing gave me pleasure like watching that that exchange. It was amazing. And I didn't inform, include him in my formal good hustles, but good hustle to Reggie Miller for actually buying into this. Did you guys hear him during the game of like, oh, he accidentally oh that, was, that was clearly incidental. Oh, Donovan Mitchell is so vicious. Like Dylan Brooks <clears throat> didn't deserve that. There has never been anybody who deserved an ass kicking more than Dylan Brooks does every single day. 
get mm-hmm. the all the way out of here, Reggie Miller. Like, oh, Dylan Brooks is one of my favorite <laughs> players. I love watching this young man play. Why? Why? Why would you even say that? Like, he's name so one. irrelevant. Like, name Dylan Brooks one is thing. one of the most irrelevant players in the league right now. Name one thing he does well. Besides flop. I'll wait. <laughs> And those aren't even good either. He has the worst yeah. flop of all time when he was at Oregon. That is by far the worst flop of all time. Look it up. That flop he had at Oregon. Disgusting. <laughs> so, Reggie Miller, you get those takes all the way the fuck out of here, okay? You take those takes, and you sit in the corner where you belong, okay? Nobody is trying to hear you gassing up Dylan Brooks, and nobody's falling for it. All right, now to my actual good hustle awards. Let's get. I guess we'll just stay negative. That was pretty negative. The point is, Donovan Mitchell is him, and don't mess with him, or else he will throw you to nice. the ground. And I only wish he was given more time to beat yeah. that ass. It's All literally right. like, like ten more seconds would have been enough. I know that Grizzlies assistant coach rushed in to protect him, like the ref but, in the UFC fight when the fighter is he out. Literally tackled him yep. that was to cover amazing. him up. To cover him up. Mm-hmm. Throw the damn towel. All right. Uh, good hustle to the NFL Pro Bowl this week. Um, I didn't watch it. I am so glad because that would have been two hours. I can't get back. But, I mean, let's just start with the participants. Why are Tyler Huntley and Derek Carr in the NFL Pro Bowl? Derek Carr was literally benched by his own team because he was so trash. And Tyler Huntley started a grand total of four games and didn't really impress in the time that he did play. So, and that's not really throwing shade at them. They got the invitation. So, like, I don't blame you. But, like, Derek Carr is literally like a teamless and he's just there at the Pro Bowl. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, and NFL, if you can't get anyone to participate in the Pro Bowl, just call it. I'm not about to take time out of my Saturday night or Sunday to watch Derek Carr and Tyler Huntley play in the Pro Bowl. Plus, flag football. Yeah. Bro. What? Bro. Oh, my God. That was, like, going to be my, my good hustle. I'm going to shorten uh, gonna, like, time They shrank the field, like, in fourth. Like, they didn't even go the full length of the field. <laughs> that was – the most embarrassing display of sports I've ever seen. Yeah, that was pretty bad. It was the biggest pile of crap I have ever seen. I couldn't even, I had to stop watching it. I tried, I tried. I, at least I tried. But like flag Props football. Props to you for trying. Like flag football. We're playing, this is a professional sports league. What are you doing? Literally put up like 10 million for the winner of the, of the game and actually have a game. Nobody's going to, like, people might get hurt, but there's the season is over for them anyway. Make a competitive, something that we can watch. And also, what the fuck was the lineman competition? You have to slide weights off the, off, like, equipment? Yeah, that's so weird. That? Yeah. I, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Dude. I like the QB, like, accuracy one. That one's that pretty one's cool. Okay. That, that one's yeah. fun. That one's, they can keep that one, but they can chalk the rest. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd rather see them do what the NBA did a few years ago during the pandemic was like, all right, 
let's see which guys can actually like just go out there play Madden, have a Madden tournament with some of the best players and see like who can actually play. And then like winner gets like 10 mil or just do like a, a combine, like workout competition. Like, all right, bro. You think you're like you cheetah and DK Metcalf. Y'all always talking smack oh, about preach. preach. All right. Y'all put it to the test or Aaron Donald versus DK. Who's who's benching at 315, mm-hmm. 25 reps. Do something like that. But like flag football, like grown men. Like I'm not watching. Bro, this. Nah. Preach. Preach me. Preach. So NFL Pro Bowl, take all of this good hustle. Yeah. That was that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. From the participants to the execution to the events. Just terrible. Just terrible. Um, just call it at this point. Hell, I'd rather watch them play basketball. Like just do the all-star game. Like yeah. Miles Garrett? Come on, huh? Uh, yeah, I would watch it. <laughs> Side note, who dislocated his toe and like <laughs> they had like an obstacle course. He went too hard and dislocated his toe. He left with an injury. <laughs> I'm like Miles. <laughs> like Mr. Gary. Get the cart out. Get the cart. He literally was going through the thing. They said, oh, we, we've got an injury on the field. I'm like, no way. <laughs> I was like, no way did he get injured. He didn't even have a singular pad on. <laughs> Just, Awful. Awful. That's when you know. That is when you know. Um, and I have a second good hustle award and I once again am remiss that this is a podcast and I can't show you, but Kyle Kuzma, um, to say that you had a bad, I think it was Saturday. Was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. To say you had a bad Saturday is an understatement. First of all, my man pulls up to the game wearing a goddamn flotation device my man is literally wearing an airbag in the tunnel. <laughs> He's wearing like a vinyl like shirt that's like inflated. Looked stupid as hell. Stupid as hell. What 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 is that? What what is that? Pray tell. It's a custom air mattress, all black. How you get that? Like my man is literally wearing pulled up wearing a camping pillow, like. What, what, what is that? What is that? <laughs> but you know, he had to swag, look good. When you look good, you play good. When you play good, you pay good, right? Nope. Against the nope. Nets, without Kyrie Irving, without Kevin Durant, my man scored two points. <laughs> Got absolutely smoked by Cam Thomas. So Kyle Kuzma, you and your airbag can get the fuck out of here, okay? <laughs> Human bounce house. You got some nerve. <laughs> Pulling up in in a life vest and scoring two points on a team of backups, you got some nerve. Honestly, I forgive him for the Cam Thomas thing because my man has thirty four points right now, and they're beating the Clippers, fully healthy Clippers. They're going crazy right now. Pulling up to the game in a hot air balloon, <laughs> <laughs> savage. I, go look it up; it's hilarious. Like what? It's worse in my mind. This is worse than the pink sweater. Or the rainbow mask and cardigan with no shirt. With no shirt. Yeah. In winter yeah. Time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bro, I don't know who your stylist is, but this is not figure skating. This is this is <laughs> NBA basketball. So not not great. BJ who who who's hustling? This this could hustle. I don't know. It goes to like just the NBA community at large, uh fans. Vote anybody who votes for all star. 
Um, <laughs> these rosters don't make sense. Um, after the starters, okay, I was like, you know, not terrible. I got a few things I could say about it. But after seeing the reserves, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a bigger number of all-star snubs than I have this year. Um, the the criteria is not consistent. Do you have to play a certain number of games? No offense, you got guys averaging 17 and 7 making the game. Um, <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, as as voters, as fans, as players, like, what coaches – when we vote, what are we what are we t- what are we talking about here? Like some guys who are in this game, um, no no shade, but you talking about Trey Young, James Harden, Anthony Davis, uh, Jimmy Butler's missing the game. You Jalen Brunson is missing. You got a good number of guys who have a legit like argument that they should be in this game, and they're not simply because we don't know how to fairly vote, or we don't really know that. In 2023, we do play positionless basketball, so I don't know. I don't know if we'll get it right. Uh, these This is not the way to do it. These all-star votes never make sense to me anymore. Somehow, the players and coaches seem to be bigger homers than the fans. Like, I thought the fans were bad. Oh, there's oh. What, what, what exactly are we doing here? Yeah, because that's the, the, the reserves is mostly coaches and players, I think, that vote. I not, think I'm not, not quite not. sure, but it's ridiculous. We we gonna talk about it later, and I'm about to let it rip. It yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, not not great. How can coaches and players get it so wrong? So very mm-hmm. wrong. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Dion, take take us home. All right, I'll go quick because I already have the Pro Bowl one. I don't even know how to say his name, Korkmaz. Please step to the podium. <laughs> Who do you think you are, sir? Who do you think you are? Arizona, part two. I got, I got a <laughs> notification today saying that Furkan Korkmaz requested a trade. Like, bro, you are literally averaging a whopping four points and one rebound and not even one assist, and you're requesting a trade? What? Bro, my my sixty overall, my player can do more than that in the game. How how do you have the audacity to request a trade? Like, what is happening right now? I honestly, honestly, did not even know that bench warmers could request trades. I thought I, I, didn't, I, didn't, know, I didn't. I didn't think that was a possibility. I didn't even know that was an option to do that. Where are you gonna go? <laughs> I mean, literally anywhere. My guys, my guys, trade value. Is cash considerations like <laughs> you want to leave? All right, go, go, walk out the door, bro. Nobody wants you. All right, see ya. <laughs> see you later, bro. You can watch I, got tra- I got a trade for your ass here. The G League. That's where you can get traded to, bro. This is crazy. That's just the audacity of requesting a trade, and you're not even a role player anymore. Is beyond me. You know, you got what's some balls in one hour time. Lakers are strongly considering <laughs> trading for Korkmaz. Korkmaz. <laughs> the Lakers are like, oh, he's available. We got our guy. Got him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> got him, got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Flair is available. We want him. I just started laughing. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I didn't get an ESPN News Bulletin about that. 
That's crazy. That's where I got it from, bro. Like, it's crazy. Uh, it's literally right there. <laughs> like, bro, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in Daryl Morey's office. Daryl Morey's like, when oh, no. Cormaz storms um, in. I want to trade. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got jokes, huh? No, I'm serious. Get me out of here. Daryl Morey's like, oh, sure, pal. Where do you want to go? <laughs> I'll trade you to the Shanghai Sharks for cash uh, considerations. So you're not gonna fight for me? No, dude, tell me where. Trade, trade him to the Philippines for Dwight No, you Howard. can pick. Say, let me know. I'll do you one better. You're released. You can go whatever you want. And I'll ship your stuff to you. Don't you worry, buddy. Go grab a Philly cheesesteak and hang out, bud. Just hits one button. Yeah, you're not going to be able to get back in the facility. Have a nice day. <laughs> I'm in the code. He's like, damn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's too funny. We, 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 we can skip it. We have to hand on that note. No, no. I want to hear it. All right. John Morant, bro. What are oh, you doing? Oh, my hell. Dog? What are you doing, dog? This man is out here doing everything he can to look tough and to look gangster. Bro, ain't nobody afraid of you. First, last week, he allegedly pulled up to the Indiana Pacers bus, team bus, after the game, and his affiliates were allegedly pointing laser, which were attached to a gun, I would assume. Uh, at the Indiana, Indiana Pacers team and affiliates. First off, what the fuck did the Pacers ever do to you? Why are you so mad at them? Who, you, you're telling me that 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 Tyrese Halliburton and soft ass Buddy Hill made you mad? Like, bro, they're the, they're the kindest team in the league. Mm. <laughs> Don't understand. Mm-hmm. Come on now. And second, mm-hmm. why the hell? Are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You, you, why are you? Why do you need street cred? Mm-hmm. Like you don't need that. You are an NBA player that is making two hundred million dollars off his contract. What do you need to do all this for? Mm. I'm just baffled and speechless. I don't. I don't get it. So good hustle. My man is preaching right now. That was a sermon. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Like, what do you do? Play Aaron Hernandez in your spare time? Like, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, I don't, I don't care if it was you. I don't care if it was your boys. You were in the car. Those are your, yeah. Yeah, you are an NBA star. You can choose who you roll with, okay? And I, you don't have to be tough. Like, you no one's not, no, no one's gonna be upset. You're not about that life. You're you you're worth two hundred million dollars. It's okay to not be a gangster. It's cool. Right. You get it. Like by the way, this is the one game out of the last nine that they won. That was the one team they beat. Eight eight L's and nine tries, but they're fine. You know, like, let them tell you they're fine. It, like bro, what mind. are you doing? Like giving you the absolute benefit of the doubt and saying that you weren't involved. This happened. You know, maybe you were trying to stop it or something, but at the very least, you need to change who you're rolling with. Like, they are destroying these types of incidents, destroy your reputation and could have landed you in prison if it had gone a different way. Yeah. Pacer said they did not file charges for fear of more retaliation. So, like, 
It could have definitely went worse. They yeah, they did you a solid. This could have been so much worse. Your career could be over. Ask Gilbert Arenas, ask Javaris Crittenton about locker room incidents and firearms and being around the wrong people. Mm-hmm. It's cool in the videos and the songs, but when it's real life, I don't know if this is cool anymore. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario is like Plaxico Burris. You only shoot yourself. Like, yeah. I, Even then, that still is not great. Like this... <sighs> Absolutely deserves a good, hug. but it's like it's not even funny. Like this is just like no, so fucked not. up. It's stupid. It's just it, plain stupidity. What are what are you doing? What are you doing? Say, yeah, I, I apologize to the Phoenix Suns for ever comparing the Grizzlies to you guys because you guys weren't even this bad. Mm-hmm. The Suns never. Yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies are doing is just awful. The Suns like to talk that shit, but they were actually good at one point. Yeah. And they, and they got to the finals. And they made it to the finals, and they never had anything like this. And they didn't have, you know, a tr- I mean, Jay Crowder is annoying as hell, but he's not close to Dylan Brooks' level. No, so. Yeah, he's not Dylan. Not even close. Right? And D-Book is actually... <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of parallels there, but not really. Yeah, this Pretty this awful. is just messed up. Ja, figure, figure it out, dog. Figure it out. This is the wrong type of stuff to be caught up in. All right. Kyrie Irving, the newest Dallas Maverick. Dion was freaking the fuck out. <laughs> I yeah, would you just like to take a second and just, just would you just like to no. take a second and just, you know, share what's in your heart right now? Share what you're feeling. Uh, my heart is full. My heart is full of joy. I'm very <laughs> excited. Um, I'm not going to let these emotions get ahead of me. I know the reality of the situation. Uh, but for the next six months, I will be very happy. <laughs> At least six months. <laughs> At the very least. All right. Before we, before Kyrie Irving touches down in Dallas, he's still in Brooklyn. What is it? A week before the trade deadline? Six yeah. days before the trade line, deadline, I believe. I think it broke Friday. Yeah. Um, Kyrie publicly demands a trade offer and I'm not a petty person. So I won't point out that losing to the Celtics by 40 seems to be the straw that broke the camel's back. I, but I, I just won't point that out. Um, Kyrie demands a trade. VJ, what are your thoughts on Kyrie demanding a trade from the nets? What was your reaction to that? Um, at first I was kind of surprised because it was a slow Friday in the NBA and out of nowhere it kind of happens. Um, but as I thought about a lot of things, it, it definitely made sense just because his camp came out last week saying that Kyrie would love to stay, but that the ball was in the Nets ownership hand. If you think about everything that's happened since Kyrie's been in Brooklyn, there was no shot he was going to get the deal he was looking for. So when he made the trade demand, to me, it made sense given everything that was happening. I but the timing of it did not make sense. Like um the fact that the Nets were actually fourth in the East actually came back from the dead the way they started the season off. So um the timing was very, very odd, but the sentiment of the trade, I definitely was not surprised by. Yeah, that was my reaction of like I get it, the trade request. 
everyone wants to, you know, act like it was kind of backstabbing Brooklyn. And with the timing, it kind of was. But from a business standpoint, like I kind of get it. Uh, there's not a lot of mutual interest for Kyrie Irving staying beyond this season. And so the Nets do get back something for Kyrie Irving, which is good. Um, but if that's how you felt, why did you wait until now, six days before the deadline? Uh, the Nets are still very much in contention, have stayed afloat with Ky- Katie out. Not They haven't thrived, but they've stayed afloat. And Katie's about to come back, we hear. So why now? I That didn't make sense. Like, you know, it should be the Nets making that decision at this call, making that call at this point. Either you're in for the season or you're not. And like, it it didn't, the timing didn't make much sense. So, I mean, based on the timing, like, I do think because of the timing, there is some credence to this argument that Kyrie quit on the Nets. Like, I mean, he did. Like, I get there's some business things behind it. And like, I don't know, he's kind of doing the Nets a solid by... Um, making sure they get something back for him. But word on the street is he threatened to sit out the rest of the season if they didn't trade him. So he was not playing around. So, I mean, in terms of the Nets this year, he definitely quit on the Nets this year. And they were not messing around. They traded him immediately. Immediately. And not for the best offer, which we'll talk about here in a second. BJ, what was your... What was your reaction to to the trade demand by Kyrie? So the demand, again, like the timing of it was a little weird, uh, but it made sense. Um, but a, he, the desire was to get 400 or not 400, 200 mil for over four years, almost max money. What the Nets came back and counter with was, yo, we're willing to give you three years on the extension, but the third year for the guaranteed money, we got to win the championship. And his camp and Kyrie was like, that's ridiculous. So you're telling me that my money in the third year, the last year has to be that the stipulations we got to win. And I felt like at that point, like it wasn't about Kevin Durant anymore. It wasn't about the team's plan. Well, it's like, I got to do what's right for me to get my next contract. So again, it seems pretty selfish on the outside looking in. And I understand that it that's how Kyrie's entire tenure in Brooklyn has been. But it makes sense given that this marriage between especially Joe Sy and Kyrie, the Nets owner, who was not willing to acquiesce to any of it. Like, I just feel like they were heading nowhere. So rather than like let him walk for nothing, they at least got a little bit back for him in the end. I mean, I hear what you're saying, VJ, but here's what I would counter with. And I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but in terms of Kyrie getting his money, couldn't he just be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year and still get paid? You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? But if if you're saying if you're not going to trade me and then I sit out, my trade value goes down and... Who's going to want to sign me now because I seem so selfish again versus to me, he kind of was playing the game a little bit. If I come back after me making my anti-Semitic comments, I ball out, be a starter in the all-star game. My trade value might be as high as it's ever going to be at this particular time. So it's kind of like he played both sides of the fence. But then if I say I sit out and then you wait and I don't play at all the rest of the year, 
then people are like, well, we don't know what we're going to get. Why would we trust this guy now, even if we can sign him for free? So, yeah, but I get it. I think both sides were playing a little bit of the political game, um, at least on that. That's what it seems like. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I kind of think the Nets, like, they did get something back for him, but I think they were totally willing to just let him walk for nothing. Of, like, we are in playoff contention. We're about to get KD back. Let's see what happens the rest of the year. And the only caveat to that is if you let him walk for nothing, all you do is risk pissing KD off again. <laughs> I'm like, do you do you just say, is our superstar going to be cool with us letting a talent like that walk for free? So I was like, I get it. They probably wanted to wash their hands and get rid of Kyrie immediately. But I'm like, are they really thinking about Kevin Durant's interest here? Or is it just like we dislike Kyrie that much? It's just it's too much like drama. It's too much tied up into it. I feel like, but Katie's got to be pissed now. Like the Nets, absolutely, absolutely. the Nets <laughs> cannot be title contenders anymore. Like no. after losing Kyrie, Katie with Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, like that's not. I don't know how many teams in the East that's beating. Not many. Certainly not the Bucks, Celtics, Cavs, or Sixers. No. Like. That, that's not beating many teams. So unless they do something else drastic, I mean, but even if they do, they're not going to get better. So it just seems like, I don't know, a very messy divorce to what was a very dysfunctional relationship between Kyrie and the Nets. Dion, what but, was your, what were your thoughts on the Kyrie demanding a trade and the timing of it? I honestly do not care about what his reasons or what happened because he's <laughs> It don't matter. <laughs> it, don't, it don't matter to me. We got it. We got it. I don't care. Dion's all of a sudden, he's, he's been a maverick for four seconds. He's like, how dare you slander Kyrie Irving? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, how dare this you? guy is how a team you? player. He's the greatest point guard of all we time. Our, we take care of our own. All right? <laughs> he's in Dallas right now. He's a Dallas maverick, damn it. Okay. He's a Texas citizen, damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> but so, honestly, no, you know, honestly, it was it was suspicious timing. I don't really get it because this team is solid. Before the trade, this team was solid, and they were going places. And KD was coming back, and Claxton is hooping out of control. And now you have, I don't know, well, it's probably because of the trade. But Cam Thomas is going crazy. He's dropping forty tonight again. This team had all the pieces to go far, but I guess he was just looking out for himself and. And I don't blame him for it because if you 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 would have set out the the rest of the season it looks like, and like V said his stock would have went down, and at that point you know, nobody's gonna pay for Kyrie, and now he's gonna go to Dallas and ball out, and hopefully we'll sign him, probably unlikely, but he's gonna get another contract. So to the details of the deal, um, Mavericks get. Kyrie and one of the Morris brothers. I can never tell them apart. And I, you know, they're not really relevant enough for me to try. Sure. Let's go with him. Sure. Um, Let's get Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first round pick and multiple seconds. So, Dion, who who won this trade? (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) I've been waiting to unload this team for the past six years. 
we can give out literally eight players and we will still win this trade because they're all bums. We won the trade. Beyond's just mad Dwight Powell wasn't in the trade. Facts. Facts. Did I'm still pleased. He started it. McKinley right the fifth, second, whatever the fuck his name is tonight. And Dwight Powell. And Maxi Kleber. Bro, I'm so tired of these names. I am so, I'm so over it. <laughs> so, in terms of who won the trade, it depends. It depends on if the Mavs re-sign Kyrie, which Honestly, I, I'm pretty bad. sure if you trade for him, you're going to re-sign him. So, operating under the assumption that they work out a deal with Kyrie, the Mavericks absolutely won this trade. Uh, I feel bad for Spencer Dinwiddie. He has done a full circle back to the Nets. Yeah. Um my man is him and Karis LeVert are just trade bait every year, and I feel bad. But hey, um, you know they're they're in that really awkward. They're in NBA purgatory where they're good enough to be traded, but not good enough to not be tradable. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, when you consider Kyrie Irving, and yes, I understand expiring contract, but all you can manage is a first round pick. Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, huge L for the Nets, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, especially when if the reports are reports are accurate and some of these other deals were out there. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't seem like one of the stronger offers that was out there. So I'm I'm perplexed. Well, they they said that Cy didn't want to trade him to the Lakers on purpose, like because he's petty as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> VJ, who who won this trade? Um, I couldn't help hold my laughter in the fact that they got Dinwiddie uh, and Dorian Finney Smith and picks from twenty twenty nine, like six years from now. <laughs> KD is going to be probably working for TNT by that point. <laughs> like, they don't care about them picks. Um, but no, like the Mavs definitely, I feel like they stole Kyrie if you really think about it. Like, yes, Dinwiddie was a bucket and um, Finney Smith was their best wing defender. But you're talking about a top 15 to 18 like player in the league. So, I mean, like you'll give up what you need to for that. And especially if you want to show your like young superstar, like we're at least trying to win. The Mavs absolutely got like, this is a blockbuster of a steal for them. Um, not really sure why Joe side chose his personal vendetta against Kyrie Irving over actually bettering his team. But I feel like that does not, that can't make KD feel great, nor does that make future free agents think, Oh, this guy cares about his players in Brooklyn. He cares about winning. Nah, he's got like personal feelings. So the maps, they got a, they got a hell of a steal in Kyrie. We're not having to give up a ton either. So let me let me give you some of these offers that were reportedly on the table. Please, please lay them out. Phoenix Suns offered Chris Paul and Jay Crowder along with a first round pick. Um, I think better than the Mavs offer, to be honest. Um, the Clippers offered Kennard, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, a first round pick, and two pick swaps undoubtedly better much better than the Mavericks that's a first round pick and two pick swaps plus Terrence Mann who's not bad not as good as Spencer Dinwiddie but three first round picks potentially you know two swaps like 
that's that's a pretty good offer. And the Lakers gave up, were willing to give up two first round picks. And Russ and too. Westbrook too. And Westbrook. I mean, whatever. Um <laughs> Westbrook, meh, at this point. Like, you know. After this year, no. Whoa. I'm just saying, like, for a team that's rebuilding, like Westbrook, older, you, know, saying, you, can, you can move in right after Gibson, too. I mean, I, I, if I'm the Nets, I'm much more interested in the first round picks, which for the Lakers in like 27 and 29, that's like probably post LeBron. They're going to be buns. Those are going to be great picks. Great picks. Like, hell, AD could be retired by then. <laughs> Those are going to be elite picks. So, kind of odd. I, yeah. I don't know. Luka Doncic is like 24. <laughs> you really think the pick in 2029 is going to be that good? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Really just... odd that the... I mean, the Mavericks had to have been thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Bro, I would have th- thrown in Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber for free. Just take them. <laughs> take them, <bro>. please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay for their salary too. <laughs> Get them out of here. <laughs> so then let's talk about Kyrie Irving in Dallas. Dion, what do you think of the fit in Dallas? I think for the next six months, it'll be a great fit. Uh, <laughs> I will continue to repeat that because I genuinely don't know if he will resign. Uh, but on basketball wise, I think it's a great fit because Luca plays kind of like LeBron. Maybe not as athletic, of course, but Luca next to Kyrie is just a perfect combination. Score the, he brings in the scoring that we needed. Yes, we're gonna lack a little bit of defense and size, but that can be addressed in the next couple of days, hopefully. But basketball wise, I think it's a perfect fit. Luca and Kyrie. Kyrie's the perfect two man to a superstar, super duper star. Let's get it going. When when can we start? Um, shockingly, compared to the Mavericks fan, I'm a little less bullish. The fit is very good. It's not perfect, though. Like, Luca and Kyrie do like to both operate out of isolation. But, I mean, we saw in Brooklyn for the very few games that Harden and Kyrie Irving played together. Kyrie can definitely play off ball. He doesn't have to play point guard. And so, for that reason, I definitely think it can work really well. He can spot up. He can cut. He can help. Uh, playmake for Luka and, and take some of the like you can no longer just throw double teams at Luka Doncic Kyrie Irving is gonna feast if you do that so I it's not perfect it, there's a little bit of like Trey Young DeJounte Murray kind of fit of like you know they are two ISO players they do like both like to have the ball but I think it is really good and I definitely think it's gonna work well also like Luka plays ISO most of the time because he has to that's fair too that's like fair. He, he literally has to do that to win games. Otherwise, we would be at the bottom of the league. Fair, fair point. Of we'll see how much Luca has to or still wants to go ISO now that he has a legit second star. Mm-hmm. So and we've seen we've seen him do we've seen him best ISO in Europe. So he he can still do it. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll, we'll see how it. I I think there could be some growing pains of like. Yeah, you know, course, maybe like, maybe takes eight to ten games, but maybe a little bit longer. But I definitely think they will hit their stride before too long. Uh, VJ, because he's going to start playing before Luca. Yeah, VJ, what um, do you think of the the fit for Kyrie in Dallas? Um, 
to to me, I actually think that it fits perfectly. Of the four teams that were majorly involved in the trade, I felt like either L.A. or Dallas made the most sense basketball-wise. Um, obviously, Kyrie's going to take pressure off of Luka. Um, Luka won't nearly have to create many shot attempts for guys because now you have another guy who can play make for himself. Probably the, the best isolation player in the league when it comes down to it. Um, who can create his own shot and he can do catch and shoot, right? Like if Luca is going to space the floor and go one-on-one at times, you have a guy who's right, right there at a great catch and shoot spot. Um, and then I know people make a lot about Luca's usage percentage, like his usage rate. Well, it's kind of like the same thing with Harden back in the day. He had to play that way for them to be at least competitive. So now Luca has another guy where he's not going to be nearly dribbling or handling the ball as much as he used to just to create shots. Um, I do think two ball dominant guards, it always, it's always going to take a little bit for him to get used to each other. But like TC said, once James Harden and Kyrie kind of got in a rhythm together, it was actually nice to watch. So I feel like it does make sense. From a basketball standpoint, um, the only thing I'm concerned about is defensively, um, and obviously that'll be tough for them. But with these two guys, I feel like their defense is going to be their offense at this point. And we might get to see Luka kind of move back to that off-ball position, and he did really well with that last year when Jalen Brunson was handling the ball. When Luka played off-ball and was able to kind of step in rhythm and catch and shoot as well, he shot way higher percentage from a three versus pull-up or dribble uh, three attempts. So I feel like both guys are kind of going to unlock a little bit of each other, but it'll take some time for it to gel, just like any kind of combination. Yeah, dude. Very good point of I hadn't thought about Luca being off ball, but I think that could totally work too, especially with his size. But we talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about how good Jalen Brunson has been and the gamble the Mavs were making by letting him walk. This is the payoff. Uh, they managed to get that second guy by not having Jalen Brunson on the payroll. They can't afford to give they can't afford to give Kyrie that kind of money, and so this is the payoff. Uh, you took a gamble. And for half the season, it did not work. <laughs> but now that you have Kyrie Irving, now it's time to reap the benefits. And like you're saying, VJ, I definitely think it's fair to call Kyrie Irving selfish in general. But when he plays basketball, he is not selfish. He's a playmaker. He's extremely intelligent. He is not selfish in the way he plays at all. So in- interested to see. Um. Dion, what do you think the math ceiling is with Kyrie? Dare I ask? 2022-2023 NBA champions. <laughs> I expected nothing less. I'm going to say a step short of champions. I think you got to have some defenders. I, I think the team is still missing one or two things. They traded one of their only good defenders to get Kyrie. Not that I blame them. I would pull the trigger on that deal, too. Also, but they are... DFS used to like get scored on thirty points a game. Just that one. <laughs> so he wasn't a great defender. Hey, <laughs> I, I was just saying he was one of the better ones on the team. Um, so I I do expect to see them in the Western Conference Finals. I think they could easily be the second best team in the West behind the the Nuggets with with Kyrie in the fold. But I I think I would be surprised if they beat the Nuggets and went to the finals. 
Uh, VJ, what, what do you think the math ceiling is with Kyrie? Uh, definitely feel like this puts them in that top two to three team ratio. Obviously, I think Denver is right there at the one spot. But as we talked about a shaky Memphis, um, I don't know about them. Sacramento, they're young, so I give them a pass. So I think Dallas could easily plug right into that third spot in the West and probably the conference finals this year, which they were in last year without Kyrie. So it only makes sense that they could get back. Lord, I know I don't ask you for much, but please give me a second round matchup of Mavs Warriors, please. I'm begging you. Oh my gosh. Imagine a rematch oh from last God. year, but add but add Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, oh the Warrior God. Killer. That would be elite television. Bro, it's gonna be like 180, 187, like for score. <laughs> oh my hell. It's gonna be the score of those games. <laughs> Bro, those games that series would be elite. Bro. Please give me a Warriors Mavericks playoff series. I'm begging you. <laughs> That would be wild. All right, really quick. Actually, we don't have time. We're we're running pretty long. We'll have to talk about if K if KD is dealt or not another time. Next, we'll 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 find out by next episode if there's anything actually to talk about. Find out in three days. So, real quick, let's talk about the All Star reserves. Um, and straight up, Dion, what did you think of the All Star reserves? Trash. Horrible. <laughs> Terrible. That's straight up trash. What what are these? Like what why why is the why is the Mar a all-star? Why is Halliburton an all-star? Why is Drew Holiday? I love Drew Holiday. Why is he an all-star? Why is Triple J an all-star? Why is Paul George an all-star? Mind-boggling questions that I don't have do not have an answer to. D- disrespectful. I thought it was disrespectful to a lot of guys in the league. Uh like Dion said. Some of the guys that made the list, no disrespect to them. Um, they thought out just should not be there. So I thought it was disrespectful to a lot of guys in the league. Absolutely. So let, let's just start. Who who was snubbed, VJ, and who are you replacing them? Um, so I think Anthony Davis was snubbed. Um mm-hmm. and the, the games missed thing, I don't want to hear that because Paul George missed a ton. And Zion, who's starting, missed a ton. So, right there. He missed a ton. Jaron Jenner, JJJ missed a ton. Yeah, I'm taking uh, taking Jaron Jackson. I'll probably put Anthony Davis in that spot uh, right off the bat. Um, And then Paul George, I guess, I don't know if they put him at guard forward. I really don't know, but – to me, De'Aaron Fox, I don't care how you how you he's gotta be mm. in oh. the all-star game. Um I'm not no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He's gotta be in the all-star game. Gotta be. Um then if you're if you look at the East, to me, like I'm happy for Julius Randle, but I think if there is somebody else who's gotta be on there, Jalen Bronson is the other Nick that has to be in the all-star game. And to me, you could take Drew Holiday's spot. I'm a Bucks guy, but Drew Holiday, I don't know if he's played better than Jalen Brunson, James Harden, uh, some of the guys that missed it. And then DeMar DeRozan, um, I don't really know if I consider him all-star there. Chicago has not been great. So I, I, don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Like a lot of guys I felt like, no, Jimmy Butler, you could argue he could have made it. 
Trey Young, I feel like, is constantly one of the guys who gets left out in the discussion, too. So, I don't know. Happy for Halliburton. But, again, I think some of the other guards in the East have been playing a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, you stole all of mine. Um, DeMar DeRozan, I don't really get. As an all-star, I mean... And Anthony Davis being left out is an absolute travesty. Why, why, like, I get the games played thing, but like we said, there are five or six guys who missed very similar or even more games than Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis, A, should have been starting over Zion Williamson, in my opinion. And so how is he not a reserve? Like, what? Huh? That makes no sense. Another guy who could have been starting, I don't think I put him in my starting five, but he, James Harden could have been starting. And so for him to be left off is absolutely insane. But like, do you see what you're doing to me, NBA? I am now forced as an objective journalist to defend James Harden, something I never want to have to do as both a 76er as a, and a player I don't like. I don't want to have to defend James Harden, but here I am. Got to be an all-star. Has to be. And plus, like, if you're giving the edge to younger players like Tyrese Halliburton, where is where is De'Aaron Fox? Where is he? What? Anthony Edwards, I think you could throw in there over Paul George. Anthony mm-hmm. Edwards plays every game. What, yeah. what, what are we talking about, yeah, Paul George? Game this season. <laughs> Not, hey, hello? Hello? I, I don't get it. I do not get it. Dion? I have no words. Like the, the, this, this, the announcing of this, the reserves just defeated me. Like I just don't understand. It's, it's like at this point, I don't even know if I understand basketball. Because like, what are we? What are we? Are we looking at the same things? Like, cause the, the any of the players that we mentioned, from Demar to Triple J, I don't understand. I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't have an explanation for this. Because it's not the fans voting; it's the coaches and, and players and the, the whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, JJJ is blocking absolutely everything, but he's also on the bench a ton because he's always in foul trouble, and isn't even scoring twenty points a game. And I get that's not everything, but when you're leaving out Anthony, you have to you know justify putting him in over Anthony Davis. How can you do that? Right. Right, is it like uh, the only thing that could that could make sense is if they doing the same thing that they did to Rudy Gobert, where he was in the All Star game because he was defensive player of the year. But at least he grabbed 50, 20 boards a game. Like Triple J just gets blocks. He doesn't even average ten boards. Doesn't make sense. No, no idea. Unbelievable. No idea. We need to look at the process if this is what the process has provided. At least they got Lori Markinen in there. So full marks for that. You managed yeah. to just somehow not screw up Lori Markinen and Shea Gildas Alexander. So good good job on that. <laughs> All right. The train doesn't stop, so neither do we. NBA trade deadline. Less than a week away. A few days away. And what are we expecting from this NBA trade deadline? Um Dion, what teams do you think should or will be the biggest sellers here at the deadline? All right. So for sellers, I actually have three teams that I think need to, you know, 
move some players. And they're all on the East Coast, actually. I think if the rumors are true and they're looking to move Spencer Dinwiddie, the Nets are going to become sellers. And I think all the rumors about KD uh, are becoming a realistic possibility of him moving either to the Heat or the Suns um, because he'll want to be on a contender. Brooklyn is just giving up, it seems, um, just like Kyrie did. So I think the Nets are going to be a potential seller, especially especially if they start by moving Spencer. Um, I think the Bulls should be sellers. They should be. But the news came out today that they won't move Zach Levine. So I don't know what is really going on there. Wow. But I think that they should become sellers uh, because this team is going to blow up this summer, regardless of how the season ends because this season was a complete and total failure. Um, and then Toronto, I think, should become sellers. I think they will move Fred Van Vliet before the deadline because if they don't, they're idiots. He doesn't want to be there. He said he's not going to sign an extension, um, and they will lose him in the summer for nothing. And even if they don't, they're playing for nothing right now, so what's the point in keeping them? Build assets so you can build for the future. You have a young team. So I think these three teams should look to make moves on the seller's end. Yeah, to be a seller at the deadline, A, you have to have assets. Mm-hmm. Like the Rockets are not sellers because they don't really have much to sell, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess they can move Eric Gordon, but like, meh. Um, <laughs> Just- and you have to be in a place to where it's not going to get much better. And so those are the exact same three teams I identified is really? with Kyrie. Yeah. With Kyrie leaving, I expect a fire sale in Brooklyn. There should be um, your best basketball is clearly behind you. Um, Toronto, same thing of like this roster as it's currently constructed has peaked. And especially with the way their GM operates he's very aggressive he's very forward thinking and so i don't think he's going to continue to just let them sit in mediocrity and the bulls same thing uh you have assets your assets are expiring and so you need to move those assets while you still have that value so those are the three teams i expect to be sellers at the deadline bj um i actually had quite a long list of sellers but i think you guys kind of talked a lot about what i mentioned so I had the Raptors absolutely being sellers. I think OG Anuobi and Fred Van Vliet are probably going to be out there. Um, I had the Utah Jazz as potential sellers as well. I think they might try to regress to the win by Miana sweepstakes, although they've played too well to kind of really get their hands on them. But I feel like Jordan Clarkson or Sexton could be on the move. Um, Another team I kind of had on here was the Hawks, because I feel like every year John Collins' name gets brought up at the trade deadline. Will this be the year they do it? Who knows? Um, Then a team I feel like is going to get off of um, is Heat. the Heat. I think the Heat might look to move Kyle Lowry probably or try to find another decent actual starting point guard to kind of go with Jimmy and Bam at this point. Um, shocker team for me, the Warriors. I feel like the Warriors might make a move at the deadline and try to at least move those young assets for another win now kind of player. Um, and I also have the Knicks. I think the Knicks are sitting a lot of quality players and in terms of Cam Reddish, 
and Evan Fournier. So I think they might move those guys at the deadline. And then Brooklyn, obviously. I can't see Kevin Durant saying, yep, I believe I can win with Dinwiddie and, you know, Dorian Finney-Swift by my side now. Yeah, um, a team – I agree with those as well. Um, a team f- to watch for me, I'm really interested to see what the Pacers decide to do at the deadline. Uh, everyone expected them to be settlers at the deadline. Buddy Heald, Miles Turner um, expected to be on the move. But they've overperformed for most of the season. And then Halliburton got hurt, went on a long losing streak. So now what do they do? Halliburton's back. They're playing decent basketball again. But – do you decide to move those older players, even though they've played well and the team is playing pretty well? Do you decide to sit pat and let the team cook? Um, very interested to see what the Pacers want to do at the deadline. Um, so then who who's buying? What teams do we think are going to be the biggest buyers at the deadline? Um, Vijay, who, who do you think is buying at the deadline? So I really think three major teams are going to be buyers. Um, I think the Lakers are going to look to be buyers at the deadline. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to at least look for some scoring at the deadline. And then I think the Mavericks are not done trying to at least do a little bit more um, with their roster. So I think those are the three main buyers uh, come deadline. Yeah, I think the biggest buyer for me is going to be the Clippers of they're stuck with John Wall has either been hurt or not played well Um, team is underperformed through load management slash injuries Um, and so I fully expect for them to go after Fred Van Vliet OGN and OB Um, hell maybe both I don't know what it would take to get both of them but like I fully expect them to be blowing up the Raptors phone Um, and I agree the Lakers Rob Palinka isn't GM hell right now if he is clinging to those first round picks, but he has mm-hmm. to give them up um, or risk being the, labeled the man who destroyed, you know, the Le- LeBron's twilight. Um, a la Jerry, Jerry Krause with Michael Jordan. He does not want to be Jerry Krause. So he's going to have to give up those first round picks. And um, what was the last one? I just went blank. What's the last one you said, VJ? I had the Lakers, Mavs. Clippers, Mavericks. I said Lakers, Bucks, Mavs. Bucks. Yes, I fully expect the Bucks to be making deals. The Bucks are getting quite a bit older, and so since the Bucks are also a forward-thinking organization, they need to bring in some pieces, um, if for nothing else, than to just get younger. So I, I expect the Bucks to be active at the deadline as well. Move, try and move some of these aging pieces. Try and get, try and get a little bit younger. Uh, Dion, who do you who do you expect to be buying at the deadline? Uh, I have four teams. A couple that you guys mentioned already, but I have the Heat. I think they have to become buyers after they sell uh, Kyle Lowry. Uh, there's rumors that they're either going for KD or Bradley Beal. I think if they want to actually compete in this competitive East, they have to make a move. Otherwise, they're just going to be in the second to third tier of teams. Uh, I think Dallas uh, needs to become buyers even more now because the Kyrie deal changed the dynamics of our deadline. Um, since we got him, we need to bring in some size and some defense. So I think we're going to look at bringing that in before Thursday. Uh, the Lakers, I think, are going to become buyers. 
now that Kyrie's off the table, they're gonna look to make some moves. I think the Rui Achimura move was elite so far. Uh, but I think they need a couple, one or two more pieces uh, for the bench. And then I think the Phoenix Suns, um, I honestly don't know what they're thinking right now, but I think that they need to make a move ASAP uh, because their neurosity needs depth. They don't have any depth uh, after the starters. I know Devin Booker's coming back tomorrow, but I think they need some quality and some size. Yeah, I, I echo what you said about the Suns, Dion. I agree. Of uh, Their new owner just took over, and word on the street is he wants to be very aggressive in improving the team. So I think the Suns could be big buyers more than people think. Absolutely. So we mentioned some big names. Um, any other big names we expect to be on the move at the deadline? BJ? Oh, um, I had like 18. No, I'm saying, I had like a big, at least <laughs> a big 10 trade like uh, that I see happening. But I feel like OG and Uobi, to me, this is a sleeper team who might go after him, but I feel like the Cavs might try to enter the OG annual sweepstakes because all year the only thing I feel like has been weak for them has been that wing spot. And I feel like you get this guy, like your your defense goes from like elite to even more elite, and now you have a 3 and D wing. So I feel like OG annual to the Cavs might be a, a, a sleeper move. Um, you want me to just fire off them real quick, or what do you yeah, want? Me hit, to yeah, hit hit me with your moves. You, you want to you want to have to see? Bet. Um, okay, so we just talked about the Bucks. I think Bojan Bogdanovic to the Bucks from the Pistons. That could be a really right solid move. A vet who can make shots. Um, easy. Uh, Cam Reddish to the Lakers. I think that might be a worthwhile if they can get that to happen. But I know. At least a, a couple other teams are interested in him. Um, uh, who do I have? Oh, John Collins to the Mavs. I feel like if Atlanta and um, Dallas can do a deal, we've seen how deals worked out for them before with Luca and Trey. Maybe they get back in the business together. Don't, uh, play, with that Don't play with me, Beat. Don't play with my heart. <laughs> Don't play with my heart, Beat. Uh, and like I said, because the Mavs are going to be so aggressive, these next two are also dedicated to the Mavs. So I feel like Gary Trent Jr. to the Mavs could be a very good move if if Toronto's really moving pieces like that. I feel like he'd be a great option. Don't play um, in this next one, PJ Washington from the Hornets to Miami. That that would be a stellar move. Like at least add some front court size to Miami, get a little younger as well. Um this one here is kind of random, but Seth Curry to Memphis. Uh, I feel like another shooter, they could use that. And he's just a good locker room guy and a good presence. They need that Memphis more than anything. So it could be just another shooter and a good vet to have in a locker room. Um, here's where it also gets a little bit spicy. Uh, Van Vliet to Miami. Don't know what they would have to pull off to get that to go down, but I would rather much have him over Kyle Lowry any day. Um, uh, and he's a way better defender. Um, TC, this is for you, buddy. Talk um, to me <laughs> very quietly. This might be a move that propels the Celtics to the finals. Um, again, Mike Conley to the Celtics. Um, back up PG, slow down the tempo, cut down on turnovers. Feel like, and he's a good vet 
too. Uh, I feel like he wouldn't cause any trouble. I definitely think that would be an interesting move too, um, just to see Mike Conley in a Celtic jersey. Um, and Vucevic to Brooklyn. I feel like get a little size on them. If This is if KD is not moved and they really do want to build. Get an offensive center uh, who could shoot around KD and space out the floor. Uh, my last move, I'm going back to Dallas with it. Uh, Terry Rozier, you want to be a Maverick, baby. You want to be a Maverick. Bro, bro, <laughs> bro, keep them coming. Keep them coming. I love it. Um, I'll get the homer pick out of the way. I do like – I, I like I like Conley to the Celtics, but with the fire sale I'm expecting in Brooklyn, can we get Nick Claxton in Boston, please? Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because, why would you want the person JT cooks the most? Because that's like, that's like <laughs> Superman owning all the kryptonite. I was going to say, imagine his game seven, and instead of having to go against Claxton, he's like, hey, hey. Because you know he's a bucket on Claxton. Can't, can't get cooked by Tatum if you're on the same team. No, I mean right. he he's been he's been nasty no, he's been, the past he's been twenty like games for Brooklyn or so. Um, I feel like we could finesse him from the from the from the Nets potentially. Um, maybe give him Peyton Pritchard. Maybe they want Blake Griffin back. Who knows? But give him give him some picks. Made two or three Blake second Griffin round picks. I, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Hey, I'm just throwing it out there. Fantasy land, I get it. I, get I, it. I feel like he's not quite worth a first round pick. So maybe throw three or four second round picks at him. Who cares? They're second round picks. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. They, what's a second round pick in the NBA? Um, don't tell the Nuggets that. But um, <laughs> I would love to see Nick Claxton in Boston. I think he would be move Al Horford to the bench finally, where he needs to be. Not because he's bad, but because he's old and those knees need it. Um, I mean, our front court is just kind of thin with how Robert Williams has been hurt a lot. So can you imagine our front court being Claxton, Horford, and Robert Williams? You're getting no points, zero in the paint. I would love that. Like, imagine a defensive lineup of Marcus Smart, JB, Tatum, Nick Claxton, and Robert Williams. You're getting zero points. I would love that. (laughs) Love it. Um, that's probably a pipe dream. I would also love to see PJ Washington in Boston as well. That would also be a great pickup if they could finesse that. Um, I w- I think Fred Van Vliet's on the move as well. I think the Clippers pick up Van Vliet. That's a move I would like to see. Of that that big three, of same type of thing of like how are you scoring on the Clippers if they have Zubac, Fred Van Vliet. PG and Kawhi, assuming they're healthy, you're not scoring. You, you, you just go to Zubak. Zubak can't play defense for shit. I mean, he can block shots. <laughs> he can block shots, kind of. <laughs> but the point is that front court, you're not scoring. So I, I, Fred Van Vliet, I think, would be great. And Staples Center, now FTA or whatever it is. Um, Crypto.com Arena. Crypto.com Arena. Um, I also love PJ Washington in Miami. I think that's a great move as well. Yeah. I think he would be a great fit there as well. Um, I would love to see. I know they said he's not available, but I would love to see Miami go get Zach Levine. I think that would be absolutely fire. Yeah, not in not in terms of the Celtics because they could give them a serious run with Zach Levine, but 
Um, I think that would be a great move for the for the Heat. And as much as I hate to say it, I think the Warriors could be a great fit for OG Ananobi. Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, would you imagine Andrew Wiggins and OG Ananobi? That's as tough, bro. Court defenders. Oh my that's, god. That's tough. That's locked down right there. Like that small ball lineup, you put Draymond, OG, and Wiggins with either any of the you know Splash Brothers. Throw Jordan Poole in there too. Like that's crazy. Um, Dion, any moves you're wanting to see? Oh, I have a lot actually. I have <laughs> a lot. So I'll start with one of the names that has been resurfacing: uh, OG Anunoby to the Portland Trailblazers. I think Ooh, will be a match okay. made in heaven. Because that's one of the positions that they are lacking in because Josh Hart is not going to hold down the fort. Um, I'm going to bring it home to Dallas, and I would go ideally and get Miles Turner because I think the Pacers are, like you said, TC, are going to become sellers. And Miles Turner is exactly what we need. He can place the floor, and he can play defense, and we need size. Um, then I have Fred Van Vliet. If the Nets are not going to move KD. I think they should go and get Fred Van Vliet. If they do move him, I think the Lakers should go get him. Um, let's go back to Milwaukee. I think if Milwaukee can somehow finesse Terry Rozier, that would be the steal of the year because I'm tired of seeing Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen on the court at the same time as starters. I know Chris Middleton will be back, but Chris can slide at three. And put Terry in the two. I would uh, love. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you right there because I love that move of like, imagine right? that coming full circle. If Terry, Scary Terry was born by cooking the Bucks, and so if he joined the Bucks, that would be elite. Yeah. That would be elite. That lineup will be insane. Drew Holiday, Terry Rozier, Chris Milton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, and then you get Bobby Portis coming off the bench. Oh my goodness, that's a championship. Um, then I had KD. If somehow the Suns can finesse KD, they should go get KD for CP3. Interesting. All right, let's get to our five games of the week. Thanks for bearing with us. Longer episode, but, I mean, what are we going to do? The NBA is popping right now. Popping. Trade deadline right before the All-Star break. This is my favorite time of the year. All right, five games of the week. Uh, Dion, the scores from last week, please. All right. Last week was a fruitful week. Uh, we all went positive. V with the lead, five and zero. Me, week, v. four and Good one, week. and TC with three and two. The standings are as follow: TC is still in the lead, forty-two and twenty-three. V is still in second, thirty-eight and twenty-seven, and I am in third with thirty-six and twenty-nine. Bro, I th- I thought for the longest time that I picked the Bucks over the Clippers, and I looked. <laughs> Damn it! That was the one game I knew I was like when that happened. I was. Like, <laughs> Man, the Clippers choked that game too. Woo. They choked that game. Tough. Hate to see it. I mean, I I like to see my boys succeed, so I'm okay coming in third this week. Um, game number one: Sixers at the Celtics, Eastern Conference blockbuster. Um. I'm going to surprise no one. Celtics are at home. Uh, Joel Embiid said it himself. It's not a rivalry. So give me the Celtics. Uh, VJ? I think one person that's going to be underrated that's not playing in this matchup is Marcus Smart. I feel like he does a really good job on James Harden in the backcourt. So I feel like the Sixers might have the edge here. 
uh, in this one. I hate to even pick the Sixers, but, you know. This is a nightmare game for VJ. He hates both of these teams, so. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Got to pick one the of Celtics them. Celtics but, you know. <laughs> Sorry, who, who'd you pick, VJ? Uh, Sixers. Okay. Uh, Dion. Easy clap. Give me the Sixers. <laughs> Easy clap, the man says. All right. Game number two, Mavs at the Clippers. A um, little concerned about Lucas Heel. Um, do we have playing. a time? T- yeah, I'm like, do we have a timetable on Kyrie yet? Kyrie is will be will be playing. He's supposed second. to play this game. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Clippers burned me last week, but I think I will go Clippers at home because Luke is out. Uh, VJ. This is not a back-to-back because the Clippers played tonight. Give me the Clippers because they won't be resting, guys, I believe, this game. Okay. Dion? Kyrie for 50. Give me the Mavs. Love it. What a day. My man is nothing but consistent. You know it. Um, Game number three, T-Wolves at the Jazz. Mixing it up, throwing a couple – couple other teams in there. I think fairly evenly matched, so I decided yeah. to throw it in there. Um, I feel like kind of a light week in terms of uh, matchups. We had rivalry, rivalry week last week, so yeah. um, not a ton of huge games this week. I'm going to take the Jazz at home. Jazz are really good at home. T-Wolves have been playing much better basketball as of late, but I'm going to take the Jazz at home. Uh, VJ? Um... I, the T Wolves for some reason have been like playing really good basketball lately. So I feel like Anthony Edwards uh, shows why he should be an All Star again. Love it, Dion. I'm taking the Wolves. Say it. Say it. Say the thing. Oh, Say it. fuck the Jazz. Thank you. I'm taking the Timberwolves. <laughs> I think there's a slight chance Cat could be back, and that's a wrap. Oh, okay. Uh, revenge game for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> uh, game number four, Warriors at the Blazers. And give me the Blazers at home. Uh, Warriors are buns on the road. Terrible. Steph is out for like a month. <laughs> is he? Yeah. 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 He uh, had a partial oh. leg tear, whatever that means. I didn't even like know that. Fox will actually become an all-star. Yeah. Fox or Ant might get in now. If Fox better get in. Uh yeah, give me the Blazers at home. Game goes for 80. <laughs> uh VJ? I like Blazers as well at home. Dion Bucks at the Lakers Thursday night. Uh do you think the the record still stands going into Thursday? I honestly I've been I've been debating this. So, so I bought tickets to go to a movie. And I didn't know that LeBron was gonna play, so I'm <laughs> nobody text me tomorrow. Nobody text me tomorrow because I will be watching the game after the movie. Um, but I honestly think there's a chance he doesn't break it tomorrow, and he will want to break it against the Bucks. I was about to say, I I am a hundred percent sure that um, he does not break it Tuesday on right. purpose. I don't That's think he wants to break it. Right, he doesn't want to break it against the Thunder. That's what uh, I'm saying. That's he's what I'm waiting. Saying. He's gonna wait for team. national television. He's gonna do it against Kareem's old team, Giannis. And he's on gonna the do floor. it with a hook shot to be disrespectful. Yes, yeah. Oh. 
I, I think it's the opposite. The I think shot. he's gonna. I think he's Ooh. gonna tie it with the hook shot to be respectful, and he's gonna break it with Fair. three. Fair. But I think he's gonna tie it with the hook shot as an ode to Kareem. Um, and he's questionable for tomorrow, so he might even, not even play tomorrow. So all Which those so hilarious to all those people that's been a honey cake. Oh, all those bozos who oh bought tickets God. to the Thunder game. Congratulations, you played yourself. No God, shot dude. is LeBron breaking the record against the Thunder. I'm going on the record right now. Anyway, but can LeBron summon the Magic to beat the Bucks? Uh, no. Give me the Bucks on the road. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I'm taking the Lakers at home. LeBron is going for 60. AD's going for 30. <laughs> we all go home. And- Dion, I can't let you do this. Don't don't be a hero. Hey, if he's breaking the record, they're gonna win the game, and the Bucks are gonna win tonight. So they can they can afford to lose a game. All right, <laughs> you heard it here first. We did hear it here first. All right, episode's running a little bit long, but how can we skip out of bounds a week after Papa Franklin said he loves the out of bounds so much? So we'll I know, but we might have to because it's getting late. <laughs> we'll go out of bounds real quick, talk about our non-basketball-related topic. This one's pretty quick. Um, boys, I want to know, my question for you today is, what were you like in high school? And if you could go back and change anything or tell yourself anything kind of thought provoking what would you go back and change and what would you go back and tell yourself with what you know now Dion what were you like in high school um they used to call me like a teddy bear so I hate that oh one thing that I would have changed is probably getting in shape earlier in my life so that I could actually come here and, and actually play um, so that's the only thing that I would change if I, if I were to go back, but the rest, I had a pretty, pretty good childhood in Italy. Yeah. You went to high school in Italy. Mm-hmm. Is Born it drastically, I, moved, I came here for college when I was 19. High school drastically different in Italy. Somewhat similar. Yeah. Nah, you, you choose your, it's like going to college. Basically you choose oh, your wow. specialty. Uh, there's no bullying. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty smooth. Love that. Sounds a lot better than here. Yeah. Uh, VJ, what were you harder like in enough. high school? <laughs> Way harder. Um, ball was life in high school. Love I, it. I literally, I would tell people I couldn't come to parties so I could go to the gym. Like, I would get invited to the parties. I'm like, oh, you know, it's crazy. I can't even make it. I got to watch my sister. Psych, I'm going to the YMCA. Uh <laughs> Um, I don't know if I would change that though, because that's like that was my ideal Friday night. I would get home from school, I would literally pick up my gear, go straight to the gym, like pick up some food, 9 30, watch basketball. Like, that's all I really did in high school. And I don't know if I would change that. Um, the one thing I would change is try harder and freaking science class because that I could never when it was exam time, I was just pissed because I was like, I really should know this stuff, but I would have tried harder in science class. But I would have stayed exactly the same. Anything else? So, wait. When I ask what you guys were like in high school, were you guys cool? Were you like part of the in crowd? Were you kind of like middle class? Were you guys nerds? Like, what? What were you guys like? No, I, I was in elite company at all times. Okay. <laughs> 
Beyond is the big man on campus. Okay. I can't lie about it. <laughs> What'd you say, V? I said, yeah, I was the man. I can't lie about it. Okay. Okay. The <laughs> reason I asked this is because I was not cool in high school. I know. Huge <laughs> shock. Huge shock, right? What? <laughs> TC wasn't cool? No. So something a lot of people don't know about me is up until high school, I was homeschooled. And so I arrived in high school. I was a fucking weirdo. Okay. <laughs> like, no, I mean, there are like homeschool kids who are like actually like pretty chill and like very well adjusted. Like, no, dude. I was the biggest like meme homeschool kid you have ever seen. Like, <laughs> I think I wore like dress shoes and jeans and like a button up shirt to like my first day of high school. Like, bro, I was a loser. <laughs> Okay, like I stunk a BO, like I did not have hygiene down. <laughs> like, bro, when I rolled up to high school, I was a loser. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I was the stereotypical homeschool kid. Oh. Like I had no idea how to interact with anybody. Like everyone was hanging out and it felt like people were speaking Mandarin Chinese to me. I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea what anybody is saying. And so I'll, I'll be honest, high school was a little rough for me um, there for a minute. I, I'm i not like trying to bum anybody out, but like my first two years of high school, like I ate uh, alone in the library because I didn't have anybody to sit with. So like it, high school is, I, I kind of figured it out. Like I'm not trying to like bum everybody out. Like I'm fine. Okay. I figured it out. But like the second, second year, second, my junior and senior year were a lot kind of like VJ of like, I found basketball at some point and me and my brother, Daniel, he's been on the pod. Like we would go to the church that was nearby our house. Like we would check and see what times it would be open, like for evening activities. And we'd sneak in after the activities and we'd play basketball as much as we could, as much as we could. Like, unlike VJ, I wasn't good, but I just played a ton as much as I could, like going to the gym to do five on five, like, and so the last two years were fine. Like I had friends. I definitely was not the big man on campus, but you know, I kind of found my way, but yeah, I was, I was an absolute weirdo when I pulled up to high school, man. <laughs> he said, <"That's> <laughs> <and beans."> <laughs> <laughs> Like I was a weirdo. So um honestly, like I don't think I would change anything either. Like I was gonna say that's I, why you are who you are though, probably like and like that's what I would tell myself too of like when you're in high school, it feel everything feels like the end of the world, right? Like relationships or like uh -huh. friendships, drama, like everything feels like it's the end of the world. And it's just like I wish I could go back and tell myself how little high school actually matters of like people who are stuck in high school are very poorly adjusted adults. And like, you know, if you're cool in high school, like that's cool. Don't get stuck in high school. If you're not cool in high school, like it gets much better. Like in college and in your twenties, you will find your groove. You'll find friends. Like, you know, like it's high school is not important at all. Like it's a fun time or maybe it's not, but either way, you know, okay. life, life goes on. So that's facts. That's facts. So you can laugh at my pain. I give you full permission. Uh, maybe I'll bring pictures at some point. Um, <laughs> do a little show and tell of 14 and 15 year old Taylor. I certainly have a good time looking at it. 
Um, but yeah. All right. One. I know. Newsflash. I'm sure you're like, I'm, I'm positive TC was the man. Nope. I wasn't. I know. Huge shock. Huge shock. Not cool. Before we leave. Did you have to be quiet while eating lunch in the library? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> no, you gotta be quiet. No, it was like like it was like the school library. So okay, I, okay, 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 okay. um, I literally sat at like the computers and like I was oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah okay. I would like look at stuff. I would surf the internet. Uh, I thought you was in like the silent part of the library. Like, no, no, I would. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I would just sit up there because I didn't want to put myself out there and just sit down at a random table. Like, hey, like, will you be my friend? You know, I had too much up? pride. Why I had too it? much pride for that, so I just didn't have friends instead. Oh, so. <laughs> but I have my pride. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. High school, right? If you guys are listening to this. No, we appreciate you. We do. Um, if you're still listening to this point, maybe hit us with that five star rating. If had nothing else, to just out of sympathy, poor Taylor. He's had a, <laughs> he's had a rough life, man. <laughs> Homeschool Taylor would really appreciate that that five star rating. So consider hitting us with that five star rating if you're enjoying the show. Check us out on social media, the Dot Dagger Podcast, to interact with us. We love hearing from you. Next week, we will be reacting to the trade deadline. No more speculation. We will have all the time in the world to go over all of the big trades going down. So we will catch you guys next time. I can't believe I just admitted that on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, man. 